to Seattle Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mike, and I am so happy you guys are joining me tonight. You know what? It has been a, I want to say a heart failure type of day for us Seattle fans. Uh, the only reason I say that is because we had had an, an incredible day of Seahawks football. We had an incredible day, an incredible day of Seahawks football because they won 16 to 10 against the Los Angeles Rams, finally ending a losing streak. I think of about, I want to say four games against the Rams when we are not at home. But it's been it's been just a, a fantastic day. The fact that we won today. And now we are tied for first in the NFC West. So it's been so a good day for us. And then um, good news for us Mariner fans. Hey, guess what? We have a really, really exciting guest coming on to the show tonight. We have the Ken Griffey Jr. Award winner Ian Miller coming on the show tonight. He'll be on in a couple minutes. And really excited to talk about him, or really excited to interview him because, for one thing, Ian Miller – is such a an amazing and, and I and I really want to say this it's such an amazing prospect the Mariners have because of the fact that uh, just the fact of how many stolen bases he has stolen in the past couple of years has been unbelievable and I cannot wait to talk to him about that. Because, I mean, in the minor league seasons, he has stolen over 60 or, or, or 162 stolen, or, or wait, whoa, 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 am I, oh, excuse me, 183 stolen bases. That's incredible. That's just incredible for this young man to steal. Uh, last year, he spent. 41 games with the Tacoma Rainiers and 83 games with Arkansas. And he sold 13 bases for the Rainiers and 30 bases for Arkansas. He only got caught five times in 43 attempts. That's just incredible. I'm going to say this. Ian Miller is one of the more outstanding prospects that I cannot wait to come up in the Mariners organization because I cannot wait to see this guy steal bases in at Safeco Field. I cannot wait to see this guy make plays up at Safeco Field. Um, other news, good news. Hey, guess what? Uh, a lot of people were interested in the Packer-Cowboys uh, game. Guess what? The Packers won! I was I was actually paying attention to that game. The Packers won that game. Holy mother of God, what a game. I was so uh, here's the thing. I'm a Cowboys hater, so I have to brag about this. <laughs> I have to brag about the Cowboys losing, but yes, the the Packers won, so the Cowboys are now officially in the type of moment of their season. So it's so much fun to talk about that. It really is. Um, so, uh, yeah, but but you know what? So much has uh, so much has been going on this past week. We uh, just this past week we had uh, Devin Aguilar 
on the podcast talk about you know what he thought about uh, what he thought about uh, the national anthem and the protests that the players were give uh, were doing. And you know what, I I respect Devin Aguilar's opinion so much. I have to say this. I appreciate Devin Aguilar coming on the show last week, giving his opinion, and, you know, respecting his opinion. I really do respect his opinion. I think politics should stay out of sports. Um, We're going to be getting into Husky football. We're definitely going to be getting into Husky football, no doubt. But you know what? Um, I think it is time to bring on our guest. We're going to be bringing on our guest Ian Miller, who is one of the top prospects in the Mariners organization. Ian, how are we doing tonight, man? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries, man. I heard you were an Eagles fan. Yeah, yes, I am an Eagles fan. And, uh, you know, so far, so good. (laughs) Hey, I think the Seahawks fans can say the same thing. Um, So, so Ian, a big thing about you, man. You earlier this year, man, at Safeco Field, you won the you actually accepted the Ken Griffey Jr. Award, and I, I have to ask, man, I have to ask you, man, what was that feeling? What was the feeling of walking onto Safeco Field, not in uniform, but as a minor league award winner, walking onto the field of Safeco Field and accepting an award named after one of the greatest players to not only play in a Mariners uniform, but just the, just the, the game of baseball itself. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was definitely special. It was, uh, you know, it's tough. It, it was tough being there uh, in a suit and tie. Um, you know, I definitely would have wanted to be, you know, in a Mariners uniform, you know, helping those guys, you know, potentially get to a, uh, you know, a wild card spot playoff berth. And, uh, you know, other than that, Everything was perfect. Um, you know, the Mariners are a first-class organization. Uh, they treated me, uh, my family, and I um, just so well. And it was just so beautifully done. And, um, you know, I got butterflies being on the field. I got butterflies standing there on the field for batting practice. And, uh, you know, some of the players even came up um, and uh, introduced themselves actually to my mom and my girlfriend who were out there. And it was just, uh, you know, it just felt kind of like, you know, I was I was home a little bit. It felt like I was home. I was comfortable there. and you know, walking onto the field and, you know, accepting that award in front of all those fans, um, you know, it was awesome. It's something that I forget. Yeah, man. I I would have expected it was awesome, man. Um, just this, uh, a couple of years ago, you stole 50 bases for Clinton. And earlier this, earlier, you know, this year, you stole 35 bases for two teams. You have 183 stolen bases career-wise in the minor leagues, man. I, I I think a lot of people, so many people I've seen on Twitter are excited for you to come up in this organization. I am one of those few people that I'm, I'm so excited for you to come up in this organization, but what was it like to be up in the AAA uh, organization itself and just, you know, to get that type of almost major league experience. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's something. It's something at the at the beginning of this year that um, you know I said it as one of my goals that um, you know to to be in Tacoma at some point. You know, I I've, I've seen people um, go from Double A to the big leagues. Uh, Edwin Diaz, uh, Dan Altavilla, those guys. And you know, I thought, hey, why not me? You know, um, I could go from Double A to the big leagues. But in reality, you know, with a position player. You'd probably stop uh, at Tacoma at some point, so that was obviously, you know, a goal of mine. I wanted to, I wanted to make Tacoma step in zone and then get to the big leagues. And um, you know, I got to Tacoma, and it was, man, it's, you know, you feel like it's the big leagues. You know, you take flights to, to games and stuff. Unfortunately, they're the flights are like 6 a.m. and that kind of stinks. But um, you know, <laughs> it's definitely a step up from Double A. Uh, I've been in Double A for, you know, the past two years, and um, you know, each step up it gets more and more feeling like it's the show pretty much. And, uh, you know, it felt like it was the big leagues. And then, you know, getting to go to Safeco and accept that award and seeing what the big leagues are kind of like, to be honest with you, it's, it's uh, you know, it's awesome. It really is awesome. Tacoma was a lot of fun. Oh, I bet it was, man. I, I went to three Rainier games earlier this past year, man. I had so much fun. 
uh, being there, I caught I caught a couple batting practice balls. But you know, I have to I have to say this. First of all, when you accepted that award, I actually quoted. Or I actually commented on one of your tweets, man. First of all, you had gray hair that night when you accepted the award. Oh, thank I you. I say that, yeah. man. You had, yeah, you had my, really good my, hair, man. <laughs> my uh, my mom paid for me to go get a haircut because uh, you know I had a I had a little mohawk going on, and that it wasn't very it wasn't <laughs> a good look. it really was not a very good look. So my mom paid for me to go get a haircut. Um, I'm not gonna say no to anything that's free, obviously. So you know, I took that haircut and. Uh, you know, it was great. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go back and get one again. There you go, man. Hey, moms are never wrong, right? Oh yeah, moms are never wrong. She also, you know, she picked out my suit as well. So that was that was pretty cool. Well, hey, big shout out to your mom for uh telling her or telling you to go get a haircut and getting out your suit, man. You look really good that night. But, uh, you know, man, I, I have to ask you, man, how much fun was this 2017 season for you? Again, you were in Double A Arkansas, man. You were in Double A Arkansas to begin the season. Then you were up at Triple A for a couple, for you know, a couple seasons. You spent over, you know, 124 games up, uh, you know, basically in Arkansas and Tacoma, and mm. you stole 43 bases this year, man. I, I first of all, I want to know this, man. How do you steal that many bases? How is it that you have this incredible speed, man? Yeah, I, uh, you know, speed, they, I, to be honest with you, I, I have no idea how I have it. I was just born with it. God given, <laughs> um, extremely blessed to have the speed. And, you know, it's, it's something that I actually, I, I work on every off season and I fine tune every off season, um, in, in Arizona. I, I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I spend my off seasons in Arizona at the spring training complex, working out with the Mariners strength and conditioning, uh, staff and, um, you know, they get me faster. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, you know, I saw this past spring training, man, and when when I first saw you, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. When I first saw you, I was like, this kid is going to be an incredible part of this organization. I, I, I really cannot wait to see you up in Seattle, man. And when I do see you up in Seattle, I'm going to say this. I'll be out in center field, out in the pen during batting practice, man. I'm I'm expecting you to be out there in center field. That way, I can say, "Yo, Ian, man, I'm here." Looking for you, brother. Yeah, and you and here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna get a little off topic. You mentioned uh, a couple guys who actually made the jump from Double A AA to Triple A a couple of years ago. Dan Altavilla and Edwin Diaz. Love those guys. Oh, yeah. I love those guys to death. I mean, uh, Dan or toss a couple batting practice baseballs to me just this past year, man. I, I love the fact that you got you, you care so much about – these players care so much about the fans. And mm-hmm. I'm a little curious, man. How much – like, I mean, what – this is actually kind of a little bit of a off-topic question, but when a fan asks you to toss them a ball – depending on their age. It doesn't matter what their age. I mean, what is your immediate reaction? Like, it doesn't matter if you're in AAA, if you're in AA, or if you're in the majors. What, do you, what are you thinking at the moment? Um, well, this is something that, uh, you know, we actually had a, a talk. Um, Darren Brown, who was my manager in AA, who, uh, you know, probably has had the most influence on my career so far uh, in the Mariners organization just because, you know, I've been with them probably the longest and we've been so close. Um, you know, he uh, – he he actually sat us down as a team and he said, you know, in in regards to like a kid asking for a baseball, I said, you know, uh, a kid a kid's gonna ask you for a baseball and it's nothing to you. But if you flip that kid a baseball, you know, he's gonna remember that for the rest of his life. That might make his that might make his day. That might make his month. That might make his year. He's gonna he's gonna have a you know a positive reaction. He's gonna want to come back to a baseball game. Basically, you know, obviously it's gonna be good for business for baseball. You know, that kid's gonna be a fan, but. Um, that's just kind of what that's what the Mariners preach. Um, it's it's kind of organizational. It's you know you tr- you treat the fans the way that you'd want to be treated. Um, you know they're paying to see you play. You know you, you run down the line, you hustle, you do everything you can full speed. You you play hard and you know when if if you can give a fan a broken bat, whether it's a it's, whether it's a six year old guy, uh, you know a, a a mother of two, or if it's a, a a little kid who just wants a broken bat or a baseball, it's uh, you know what what's that to us? Well, that's nothing to us, you know what I mean? It's basically showing our showing our appreciation to the fans that, that are there showing appreciation for us. You know, it's just a it's a big circle. It's a, it's just a lot of fun. 
It is. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this, man. Ian, first of all, I I, I appreciate you for ask answering that question because I think a lot of fans are curious as to what players think about when fans ask them for baseballs because I I think I think you actually get pe- I, I'm gonna say this, man. I think you get pestered a lot when you actually mm-hmm. when you're playing. And during batting practice, when you're, you know, catching baseballs, you get pestered a lot to get baseballs. But when I'm at games, we get, we, you know, when I go to baseball games, I hear a lot of kids asking for baseballs. Here's the thing. When I go to baseball games, I, you know, I maybe ask maybe, I, I want to say about five or ten times, literally, if, mm-hmm. you know, for, for players to throw me baseballs because I would, because I just catch them, I collect them. But you're, you're absolutely right, man. The, if you give it to a kid that night, it, it doesn't matter if it's a broken bat. It doesn't matter if it's a batting practice baseball. It makes that kid's night, man. Yes. I, I mean, I mean, I love your answer, what you just gave. You know, tossing baseballs to a kid makes them, makes their night. It doesn't even matter if, uh, a player tosses them a baseball, or if a fan gives them a baseball, it makes their night, man. And I appreciate your answer, man. I I love your answer. I really yeah. do. Cool. Yeah, that's preached. Uh, that's organizational. Oh yeah, definitely, man. And uh, I think you know you are a part of the last and final year of the Bakersfield Blaze season, man. I, I, I want to know, what was that like, bro? Because here's the thing. I, you guys won. Didn't you guys win it all that year? Um, No. So that was, let me think. That was 2015. 2000, no, we won, we won in, uh, we won in 2016 with the Jackson Generals. So that was the year before. Yeah. Well, the Bakersfield Blaze. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. You're right. The Bakersfield Blaze was the final season. But yeah, weren't you part of that Jacksonville General uh, Championship team? Yes. Yes. So 2016, the Blaze won it as well. But I wasn't there. I was in Jackson, and they, the Jackson Generals, won it as well. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I think you got to play with Tyler O'Neill that year. I was. Yeah, he was my roommate. Oh my God, your roommate. So, so here's the thing. You know, a lot of here's the thing. I was one of those fans. I'm gonna say this. I was one of those fans that was so skeptical of this trade with Tyler O'Neill and Marco Gonzalez. First of all, I'm not as skeptical anymore because I was like, you know, this is a good trade because it's gonna help us down the stretch uh, this next coming year. Mm-hmm. But what was it like being roommates with Tyler O'Neill, man? That's I think that's a. I think that's what fans would really love to know. What was it like being roommates with Tyler O'Neill? Because that guy, because that guy is one of the more. That's one of the more fun guys to talk to. I actually got to talk to him earlier this year when he was in Tacoma, and I got to see one of his games where he hit a walk off home run, and that was the last Rainiers game that I ever went to. So thankfully, I got to watch Tyler O'Neill hit one home run. Huh. Yeah, he's. Uh... You know he's he's a he's a really good guy. Um, you know he's he's down to earth. Um, you know he's outgoing. He's hilarious. And uh, you know once he uh, once he gets on the field, uh, a flip, uh, switch flips. You know he's uh, he's a competitor on the field, and he's uh, he's an awesome dude off the field. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, uh, you know I got to meet him. Like I said, I got to meet him. I got to meet his girlfriend. I mean, both both of them are really nice people. Um, getting back to you, man, again, I, I want to talk about this, man. Five, five minor league seasons, okay? Five mm-hmm. minor league seasons, you have stolen 175 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. okay, first of all, first of all, that's just incredible. I, I, I mean, most guys in baseball, in the major leagues, they don't even steal that much in 10 seasons. So how have you managed to steal 175 stolen bases in just five seasons, man? Ah, it's uh, you know it's something I work on again. Um, in the off season, I, I build up my strength, my flexibility, my speed, and um, you know it's there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just uh, going on first move and you know trying to run as fast as you can. It's knowing the situation. It's knowing who's out there. It's knowing who's at the plate. Um, you know, it's knowing the count. It's knowing who's hitting. Um, and basically just, uh, you know, knowing the situation and playing your game, that's really all it is. And I mean, um, you know, I could be, I could be, 
in the minor leagues next year. I could be in the big leagues this year, next year. I could I could never be in the big leagues someday. Um, you know, I could be in the minor leagues for my whole career, but that's going to be my game. Um, I'm going to be a stolen base guy, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, this next year, seeing what it brings. And, you know, I, I, plan on, I plan on stealing another, you know, odd number of bases. It's just something that I do, and it's something that I work on. There's a lot that goes into it, not just physically, but it's, uh, it's a lot mentally. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, definitely. Are, are you going to set a goal for yourself next year if you get into the minor leagues? Are you going to set a goal for how many stolen bases you actually get? Are you going to be like, I'm going to steal, uh, are you going to be like this, uh, like, I'm going to steal 50 bases? No, I'm going to steal 60 bases. No, I'm going to go up there and steal 75 bases. Are you going to be like that, man? Um, so in uh, in 2015, uh, when I was with, I started with Bakersfield and then I went to Jackson, my goal going into the year was I'm going to steal 50 bags. I know I have 50 bags. Um, I was coming off of an injury. Um, you know, it's time to time to prove what I can do. It was a big year. Steal 50 bags. I got 50 bags. The next year, uh, which was 2016, last year, um, my goal wasn't to steal 50 bags. Um, I proved I could do it. Um, my goal was I was going to steal, you know, good amount of bases, but I'm going to have the best percentage possible, best success rate. So I went out there. I actually stole 49 bags, and I got caught stealing three times. And I think that was like a uh, success rate of like 94, 95%. Um, and then this year, you know, I, I didn't have a goal. I knew I was probably going to get at least 40 just because, um, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty good base runner and base stealer. And, uh, you know, I got 43, I got caught stealing five times, which is, you know, uh, high, but not too high. I think three of them were on pickoffs on a lefty that got me. So, uh, you know, I probably got caught stealing two or three times this year, straight stealing, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to have a goal for stolen bases next year. Um, my goal for next year is um, to be in the big leagues. Uh, you know, I want to I want to be a part of getting the Mariners in the playoffs. That's my goal, and uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Hey, man, I don't I don't think anybody would say, hey, let's get let's get the Mariners into the playoffs because now it's been 16 seasons, dude. I'm going to say this, man. I was going into my first year, or excuse me. I was going into my sixth grade elementary when the Mariners made the playoffs last time, man. You know, this yeah. franchise, I'm going to say this, this, this fan base has suffered a lot. We have suffered 16 years of, I want to say, a little bit of mediocrity. We've, mm-hmm. we, we've suffered a little bit of mediocrity. You know, we, if, if we haven't had, if we didn't have so many injuries this past season, I think the Bears would have had a really good chance of making the playoffs, maybe not the World Series, but the playoffs at least. But you know what? I love I, – I, I'm, I'm going to say this, Ian. I love your mentality right now. You want to help this team make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this, dude. 90, 92 stolen bases in two years and only getting caught eight times? I'll tell you this, man. If you make the – if you if – you, <laughs> And and I want you to hold me to this, okay? I want you to hold me to this, Ian. If you make the if you make the roster next year, it doesn't matter if it's the September call-ups or if you get called up late in the season, okay? I want you to hold me to this. But if you make the roster next year and you steal at least ten or more stolen bases, um, I will personally buy you a beer, bro. I'm I'm gonna personally buy you a beer because. Because I I love it when I have when I have guys like you who are on this team who want to help this team make the postseason. I yeah. really do. And again, I I want to set a I want to set a goal for you, man. If if you are in the majors next year and you still ten or twenty between ten and twenty bases, man. I kid you not, man. Uh, message me on Instagram. And I'll go across, and I'll, and after after one home game, man, it doesn't matter if I have to drive up there. I will personally buy you a beer because I know that you want to help this team make the playoffs. Because sure. I mean, and again, ninety-two stolen bases in two years—that's like Ricky Henderson stuff. Ricky <laughs> Henderson stole. Ricky Henderson stole that type of bases in only one year. But I mean, you were just incredible, man. I've I've seen your video. I've Thank seen you. videos of you, man. You, you're, you're just a monster on the base paths. And, again, to be only caught eight times in two years, that's just damn impressive to me, man. 
I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If I get an opportunity, um, you know, I'd I'd imagine I'd steal, you know, hopefully even more than twenty. So we'll see. I just uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're gonna hold it. So you're gonna say more than twenty. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I if I get a if I get an opportunity and I'm I'm up there for an extended period of time, I I'd envision myself getting more than twenty. All right. If you get twenty or more, man, I'm I'm buying you a beer. All right. Is that a deal? Right. Sounds good, brother. All right, that's a, <laughs> that's a deal. Um, sure. Before you actually get off the show, man, I I do have to ask you. You know, you know, you are you watch football. I, I talked to you earlier or before the show began. You're an Eagles fan. First of all, the Eagles kicked some ass today, man. I'm going to say that the Eagles kicked some ass today. And I have to ask you. You know, what is your thoughts? I asked Devin Aguilar earlier this past week about this, but what is your thought about the, 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 the players protesting, you know, sitting and kneeling? I'd love to know your thought about that. And, and, you know, I, I, I messaged Bruce Maxwell about this earlier this past uh, season, because I was so happy what he did mm-hmm. because of the fact that he actually was kneeling. He put his heart, he put his hand over his heart. I messaged him. He messaged me back, but I want to know if you actually got the opportunity to be in the majors, like, I mean, did, would that be something that, you know, you would, you would approve of? Um, you know what? Um, I, I was raised that, uh, I respect everybody. I respect, um, everybody's views. Um, you know, their, their, uh, you know, what, what they think, what they believe in. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think negatively on anybody. Um, everybody has a different story and, um, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I'll, I'll always stand uh, um, with my hand over my heart and, uh, you know, respect the flag. I'm not saying they're disrespecting the flag. They have their views, and I respect that. And I hope that, uh, you know, people respect my views as well. And, you know, I'll stand there with my hand over my heart just because, uh, you know, that's just that's just what I do. That's, uh, you know, I, I respect the flag. I respect the people that, you know, fight for our freedom. And I also respect everybody else's views if they want to do whatever they want to do. You know, it's not it's not hurting me. It's not disrespecting me. Everybody's got their own views. And, you know, I think that's what the beautiful um, thing is about, you know, professional sports. Everybody has their different views, different backgrounds, and, you know, you can you can broadcast them on a, on a big stage. And, you know, some people might take criticism for that. I, I understand it. Um, but, you know, that's, that's something that just uh, I do. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stand there with my, uh, my hand over my heart, and that's, you know, that's probably what I'll do for the, the rest of my career. You know what, Ian? I respect you, man. I, I really do, because you said that y- y- you respect everybody for what they do, for what they believe in, man. I, I mean, th- th- this is two straight weeks that I've actually asked this question. You know, Devin Aguilar, he was a former UW wide receiver. He says that politics should stay out of sports, but he says that he respects everybody who does their own thing. He respects everybody for their right to protest. He respects everybody for their right to Again, you know, uh, put their hand over their heart, put knee, take a take a knee or sit during the national anthem. And you know what, Ian, I, I I love the fact that you gave your opinion on this, man. I really do. Yeah, that's their that's their that's their right. You know, it's um you know I actually uh, I follow uh, Coco Crisp on Twitter, and you know it was cool to see him having his teammates back. I think he posted on Twitter saying, you know, we love Bruce Maxwell, and this is what he was doing, and and they're fully behind it. And I think, you know what do it do it um they got their backs man it's that team has their backs and you know the seattle mariners have their backs and you know every sport team has each other's backs that's what it is and i think uh you know some people have different views on it but uh, at the end of the day um your brothers with your teammates and um you know everybody's pulling for everybody and you know your views are your views and, and that's that yeah definitely um, I think the night that you accepted the Ken Griffey Jr. Award, Robinson Cano, I think, hit his 300th home run that night. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I believe that is correct. Okay, let me let me ask you a question, man. First of all, I mean, I mean, this is this has got to be an incredible achievement, man. For you again, for you to accept the Ken Griffey Jr. Award. Again, here it is. Here it is. An award named after one of the, if not the greatest baseball player to ever live to ever play the game of baseball or to ever wear a Mariners uniform you accept the award on the night that Robinson Cano one of the great one of the best second basemen in baseball hits his 300th career home run 
and I and I have a feeling that you got to meet some of those guys. I I, I would love you. I would love it if you could tell us what it was like to meet some of the players in this organization that you got to meet that night, got to shake hands with, and again, yeah. just witness history that night. Yeah. It, um, so it kind of all stems back from spring training, being up there with those guys all the time. Um, you know, this this year I was, um, you know, I, I played in a lot of those games. I got an opportunity to pinch run uh, for Scott Service in a bunch of those games and kind of brought, like, broadcast show what I could do, you know, what I was capable of. So, you know, you build relationships there um, in spring training in February, March, April. And, um, you know, so I I knew, um, you know, pretty much all of those guys. Um, So it was cool being there. And, you know, they're they're coming up to me, uh, congratulating me on a great year, uh, congratulating me on an award. They knew what was going on. They met my family. And, you know, what was really cool is uh, – Nelson Nelson Cruz was given an interview, I think, in batting practice, and he stopped the interview when he saw me on the field, and he walked over to me like I was just like I was one of his teammates. He said, "Dude, you know, hell of a year. You did great, uh, unbelievable achievement, unbelievable award, man. Congrats, you deserved it." And then introduced himself to my mom and my girlfriend, and said, "Hey, you know, I'm Nelson. Nice to meet you guys. Welcome to Safeco." You know, that was um, wow. You know, that's cool. That's Nelson Cruz doing that. Um, so you know, I I you know probably you know, 10, 20 other people I talked to. And, you know, that's, that's awesome. And, but, you know, Nelson Cruz came up and introduced himself to my family. Like he was, like I was one of the guys and that's just, you know, that's, that's just, that's Seattle Mariners. That's Nelson Cruz. You know, I was standing in the, uh, the dugout waiting to walk out with Jerry DePoto and Scott Service comes up to me. He goes, Ian, you know, he calls me by my first name. He goes, how many bags did you end up getting this year? And before I could even say, you know, 43, I was like, ah, he goes, yeah, 43. That's pretty good. Like he knew. And he's like, man, it's great year. Um, you know, I know you're probably going to be out in Arizona for the off season, but uh, if I don't see you then, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see you in spring training. And it was just, you know, it's those those guys that you know are, are fighting for a wild card spot. You know, they they know who I was. They they knew what I did, and you know, it's just cool. I, it just felt like I was home. Man, I I I, I cannot fathom of what you felt man because here's the thing i i mean here i am i i'm 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 just a local podcaster i really have dreams of becoming a broadcaster for the mariners man i used to i used to have dreams of becoming playing in the same organ i I had dreams of you know playing in the same uniform that you know that you're representing right now man and you know i i cannot just imagine of how truly truly awesome it is just to play not just minor league baseball, but to yeah. accept an award at Safeco Field. You know, I, I, I <laughs> I'm going to say this, man. I, I, I've, I've said on Twitter. I've, I've tweeted to the mayor several times. I said, when am I going to pitch out the? When am I going to throw the first pitch, uh, <laughs> for a game? Because you know, I, I, I kind of comment myself on being one of the better fans that the mayors have ever had. You know, I've been I, here. I am. Uh, 27 years old. I've been a fan since 1994. I was basically the first game I ever watched was against the Cleveland Indians. Ken Griffey Jr. He hit two home runs and a loss against the Indians, and he robbed Kenny Lofton of a home run and by far one of the more one of the more incredible catches I've ever seen in my life. I have been to the American League Division Series. I went to all three games of the American League Division Series in 1995. I went to games one, two, and six of the American League Championship Series. I've been with this team for 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 over, basically almost over, basically now 23 years. Mm-hmm. I've supported this team. I mean, I, I I still have confidence that this team is going to win a World Series one of these days. But the fact that you get to play on the field every almost every single day has to be an incredible honor, man. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's something that, um, you know, I try not to take for granted. Um, you know, I count my blessings every day. And, uh, you know, so, sometimes, you know, I do take it for granted. And it's uh, just, you know, you got to slap yourself in, in the back of the head and say, hey, man, you know, you're, you're playing a, a um, you know, a game for a living. And, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to, uh, you know, support a family off that hopefully one day. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, bring the bring the city of Seattle and be a part of uh, you know a World Series at some point, and you know that's uh, that just keeps me going. Cool, it's awesome, and uh, you know I'm I'm extremely uh, I'm extremely fortunate. 
Hey, we're extremely fortunate to have you in the organization. I'm going to say that. we, Us as Mariner fans are extremely fortunate to have you in this organization because, again, you get, you are one of the few young guys that are the key to winning a World Series someday. And, again, when you, when you accepted that award, not only did you get to accept that award from, uh, again, from – the organization. Not only did you get to accept an award that was named after one of the greatest players in Mariners history, but one of the two guys that has his number retired at Safeco Field. But I have to ask you, did you, if you, you know, getting to know Edgar Martinez as a hitting coach, I have to know what it, what was it like getting to meet one of the greatest designated hitters in history, in not just not just history, but baseball history. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, you're talking to a guy that is that that has Hall of Fame numbers, man. Yeah, yeah. He uh you know, obviously, you know, he'll be in the Hall of Fame at some point and that's uh, As, I love that you just said that. I Ian, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I loved that you just said that. He deserves the Hall of Fame. Edgar Hall of Fame all the way, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, that's obviously going to happen at some point you know i wish it happened this past year but um you know it's uh i got to talk to him in uh you know spring training a bunch being up in those games and you know he he doesn't say much he's a pretty quiet guy and he just paces back and forth in the dugout um you know when uh when we're out in the field and then and then uh you know once once the guys come up to bat he's locked in he's like an eagle and you know that's what i saw so i tried not to talk to him much when the guys were up at bat just because you know i'm on the bench while you know, Cano and Cruz are out there and Seager are out there, so he's watching those guys. But, uh, you know, once I saw him pacing around a little bit, um, I, I I probably annoyed the crap out of him as much as possible, asking him questions, asking him <laughs> drills, trying to utilize his knowledge. And, you know, that's something that I take pride in. You know, if there's a tool for me that I can use, that I can gain knowledge and experience from, maybe a little insight, you know, why wouldn't I go up to Edgar Martinez, who probably doesn't know me from Adam, at that point and ask him, you know, you know, what did he think? What was his approach? What kind of drills did he do off the tee? If, you know, he was pulling, he was, he was pull heavy or if he, if he was fouling balls off the other side, you know, what was he trying to do all that stuff? You know, I probably annoyed the crap out of him so much. Um, but really looking back on it, you know, he, he talked to me as much as I wanted to talk to him. He, he was talking to a guy in double a at the time that only hit two fifty three you know, um, that I was pretty much, you know, a nobody at that point. And he's going out of his way to talk to me for 10, 15 minutes at a time per inning and multiple times a game. Like, that's that's just – that's again, that's just what the, the Mariners preach organizationally. It's everybody is equal. Um, treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat the fans well. They'll treat you well. Treat the players well, even if they're – if they're below you or you don't know them or if they're an A ball or if they're rookie ball, everybody's just treated with respect and it's, and it's, it's easy to buy into it. Um, that's something that, um, you know, with this new regime coming in, the, the Poto and, and service and uh, Andy McKay and Mike McCucci, those guys came in and um, they just preach it and it's easy to buy in. Everybody's just, everybody's awesome. And uh, Edgar Martinez is, uh, he's just, he's, a, he's an amazing person and, He'll talk. He'll talk hitting with anybody. Doesn't matter. There you go, man. I mean, you just preached in the choir. Um, you know, it, it, you know, you were drafted here in 2013. Am I right? Yep. Yes, and you know what? Let me ask you a question. Coming into this organization, I have to ask you: once you were drafted, what was the like? I mean, what what did you know about this organization even before you even got even before you got to the complex? When you were when you heard that you were drafted by the Mariners, as soon as soon as you heard this, as soon as you heard the word Mariners, you were just drafted by the Mariners. What was the first thought that came to, into your head? Like, what was the first thing that you thought of that made you think Mariners? Uh, the first thought that came to my head was that I was going to be the next Ichiro. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite player ever. I still haven't met him. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll meet him one day. That's, uh, that's just, that's who, not who I try to be like, but that's, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I could, I could hopefully be like him one day and, and, 
you know, bring to the table what he did. And, uh, you know, I watch videos of him probably daily, um, especially, uh, you know, during the season when things are going well. I just try to see what he does and try to utilize speed like he did and, you know, defense. Wow. So the first play – here's the thing, Ian. I have to ask you. The first player that you thought of when you thought Mares was Ichiro and not Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, <laughs> I try to uh I try to I try to pick players that are that I could be like or like that I was like at the time and so in college I think you know I stole 48 50 bags my junior year sophomore year something like that and you know who else does that well Ichiro Suzuki's a speed guy he can he can hit for contact um he can run into a ball every once in a while but you know he hits for a high average he gets on base and he steals bags with a uh, fantastic defense so um, you know, from a young age, I started wearing Mizuno stuff just because that's what uh, Ichiro Suzuki wore. Um, and just everything was Ichiro Suzuki. Um, you know, it's uh, it's that's that was my thought. I got drafted by the Mariners. I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be the next Ichiro. You know what? I love that man. I I love the fact that you. Again, here's the thing. The first thing that you thought when you thought Mariners was Ichiro, I got to respect that because a lot of th- because. Um, this show has this show has had a lot of Mariners prospects on here, and a lot of guys have said, you know, guys like Jay Buhner or uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and you know, and Edgar Martinez, you know, they, but but they namely main Ken Griffey Jr. But you name Ichiro, I gotta respect that, Ian. <laughs> I re- <laughs> I respect you 100 percent, man. Because for you to actually just come on the show and say Ichiro, for you to say, you know, what, what's the first thought that comes into your mind when you think Mariners? And I have to say, you know, I have to ask you this. You know, thinking of Ichiro, do you think that Ichiro, as a player, could play until he's like 50, 55 years old and break Pete Rose's record for hits? You know, I uh, I would love to see it. I'm not sure. I, you know, he he hasn't been. I mean, this year he wasn't playing like a whole lot, huh? The, with the oh Marlins? no, he he. he um, I'm I'm gonna say this, Ian, dude. I actually got to see him one more time. If I don't get to see him one more time play in baseball, I at least I got to see him this past year get to play at Safeco Field. Yeah. And not only did I get to see him play, but I got to see Giancarlo Stanton play. But yeah. One one of the best things I think this past season for the Mariners that was a huge highlight. It, it wasn't any. It wasn't Mariners related. It was it was Ichiro related. He got to hit a home run. He hit a home run on his on his perhaps final at bat in yeah, Safeco yeah. Field, and it was one of the more incredible. Here's the thing. I'm a Mariners fan. I don't approve of people sharing. Here's the thing. I have gone to two former Mariners play at Safeco Field. I went to Ken Griffey Jr. when he played um, as a Red at Safeco Field. I went to three games. I cheered every time he got a hit. But, you know, I normally don't approve of cheering for a former Mariner when he gets a hit. But when when Griffey or Ichiro gets a hit at Safeco Field, and when when either Griffey or Ichiro gets a home run, which both of them did as a former Mariner, you know, you have to just stand and cheer. And that's all I did when Ichiro was rounding the bases. I, I, I... I honestly had tears. I had tears in in my eyes when Griffey hit a home run, when he hit two home runs as a Red, and even when Ichiro hit a home run as a as as a Marlin at Safeco Field. I thought that this was the amazing and ultimate send off for a former and truly great Mariner. Yeah, that was uh, that's greatness right there. You got to witness just greatness, man. I did, I did, man. And you know what? I, I kind of want to ask you this, man. I want to kind of get a little off topic. You snuck up on your girlfriend yesterday. I was, I was seeing on your Instagram account. I saw you sneaking up on her when she was sleeping. What did you? I, I want to know. Did you see that post, man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she, she works, she works long hours, and she, she drove two hours to my house this weekend. Um, this is my last weekend here, and then I'm headed out to Arizona to start working out again. So. uh you know, this is our last weekend here. Um, you know, the weekends are are usually for football. I like watching college football on Saturdays, and I like watching the uh, NFL on Sundays. And so, uh, you know, she's uh, she's she would rather not do that. So I think we were we were watching uh, Saturday night football, and 
I think it was like 9.30, something like that. She's, she's passed out. I went upstairs to go grab a water. I come back, and it's probably 30 seconds into it. She's dead asleep. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she passes out. She passes out quick when she gets comfortable with her if we're watching football or baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, me uh, ask, let me guess. She killed you when she saw that, didn't she? Yeah, she wasn't happy about it. I, I like the I like the candid photos and videos of her sleeping. You know, she uh, yeah, she's a good sport, man. She she drove out here this weekend just to hang out with uh, you know my family and I, and it consisted of uh, you know a lot of <laughs> a lot of good food, and uh, you know she 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 stuck with it. She didn't complain at all, and you know she's a great chick. Hey, that's fantastic, man. You know what? I, to be truly honest, I'm, I'm going to speak from experience. Like when, when us guys, when we take photos or when we take videos of our girlfriends sleeping, when they see it, they kill us, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they kill yeah, us. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? Uh, before we get you out of here, man, one more, one more question before we get you out of here. You know, I, I want to know that I think a lot of us, uh, us as fans, and me personally, I would love to know this. What is your goal? Not just make it not – well, actually, I'm going to ask you two questions. Let me, fo- let me focus on this one. Um, Major League Baseball playoffs, who is, your, who is your American League favorite and who is your National League favorite? I have to know that because I think, because I think a lot of us, we have the Dodgers and the Indians facing off in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I – I don't know that. Oh, Astros? Mm. Oh no, 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 no! Please tell me you're the Astros as a member of the Mariners. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching the Indians actually right now, and uh, you know they're, they're, I don't know, man, they're, they're gonna be, they're gonna be tough. Yeah, I, Dodgers, Dodgers, Indians. Dodgers, Indians. How many games, man? Oh. Michael down the last game. You're gonna go seven games, right? I I think yeah, I think I'll go seven. I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna come down to the wire and I think it's gonna be a nail by your last game. Hey, we're good we're, hey, I I'm glad that you have the Dodgers and Indians there, but you know as a mariner as a mariner again, as a mariner, you should not be saying Astros wisely. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, oh, it's just. I mean, I mean, you you got to see him a bunch this year. It's, I, oh, I please, Ian, 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 do me a favor. Do not remind me of the Astros because all that does is it, it doesn't give me just a headache. It gives so many Mariner fans a headache. Uh, thankfully, I thankfully, I did get to see them only once at Safeco Field. I actually got to see the Mariners wear the 40th anniversary patched hats and James nice. Paxton pitch his ass off and just. Yeah. It was it was opening day. It was it was one of the better days that I've ever seen. I got to see it from the third baseline. Um, but but yeah, when when you say Astros, all it does is give us Mariner fans and me just just a splitting headache because ever since they ever it doesn't matter if we played these guys in the National League Central or if we played these guys in the American League West. These guys have been our Achilles heel from since day one. No, I know, I know that they're. Uh... I, I still I still believe that right now, if the Mariners played them in a seven game series with the World Series on the line, I think the Mariners would win. I I, I truly do. Unfortunately. Oh man, you think? Whoa, you heard it here. You heard it here, folks. Ian Miller, prospect of the Seattle Mariners. He's not saying this just as a Mariner. He's saying this as a player that in a seven game postseason. If the Mariners had a chance to go to the World Series against the Astros, he picks the Mariners in how many games? Six. Six games. So the Mariners win four to two in a seven-game series. Wow. That is one of the bold predictions I've ever heard in my life, Ian. And I'm kind of hoping that that is the American League Championship Series next year. I really am hoping. Ian, I'm so glad you said that because – for one thing, that just – oh, my God, that gave, that's given me hope for this upcoming 2008 season because the Mayors have had so many injuries this past season, and if it was not for these injuries, I think the Mayors would have had a better chance. But, again, Ian, you know what? Before you get out of here, I want to thank you so much. I, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. 
and and doing this interview with us. I, I, I want to hope that, that we can have you on the show here within the next couple months before spring training, man. For sure, yeah. Just let me know, man. I'll be on. It was, uh, it was my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Definitely. And you know what? Before we get off the show, again, I want to say this. Um, this is not you as a Mariners prospect. I don't want to say this. This is not Ian Miller as a Mariners prospect, but I want to say, what is your prediction for the 2018 series, the, the 2018 season for the Seattle Mariners? I want your bold prediction. And also, or actually, let me get your bold prediction first. Worst, worst case scenario, Mariners make the playoffs. Worst, worst prediction is that they they make the playoffs. Ian, I don't think the Mariner fans would have that any other way. I think we would be thrilled to have that. What's the yeah. best situation? Oh, I mean, best situation is, uh, yeah, it's the World Series right there. There you go. <laughs> I think the Mariners, um, you know, it was just so unfortunate with the injuries this year, but, uh, you know, Jerry DePoto. He's he's a wizard. He's going to put something together and uh, uh, look for a huge 2018. All right, definitely. Look for a huge huge 2018. And, Ian, before you get out of here, man, I have to ask you, man, are you going to be coming to FanFest this this next season, even if you're not invited? Oh, I mean, I would love to go to FanFest. You know, if I'm invited, I'll be there. If I'm I'm not invited, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'd love to go. Um, It's kind of – Obviously, up to the Mariners. Um, I've never been. I heard it's a fantastic time. But, uh, you know, if if I'm there, man, I'll look for you. Oh, well, if you're there, I will message you, man, and I can and I and we'll hook up, man. But but if you if you go there, I'm going to say this: if you go there as not just a player, but as but just as a person going there, just as a person, you have to ride the uh, the um uh, oh man the center field. Uh, Oh my goodness gracious! I can't even think of it. But it, it's a really fun ride that we do in center field. Uh, but I mean, you know what? Like I said, if you go there as a player, let me know so that way I can uh, meet, we can hook up before you go on the interviews and everything. We can meet up. But if you go there as just a person, man, just let me know. We can hook up. No, no matter what, man. You got it, brother. Sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Ian. I, I, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Hey, you have a great one yourself, man. And you know what? I'll be cheering for your Eagles as much as it pains me to say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> hey, but you got you to gotta cheer for the Seahawks, though, a little bit, though, since I'm cheering for your Eagles now. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping I can go to uh, a few games hopefully next year. All right, man. All right. Thank you so much. You have a good night. All right. Take care. You as well. All right. So Ian Miller now on the show. He says he's going to cheer for the Seahawks, but I do have to cheer for his Eagles now. You know what? That's that's uh, uh, <laughs> it's not something that I want to do, but it's something that I will say that I will do. I, I don't mind cheering for his, for his Eagles. I really don't because I really do hope Carson Wentz makes the Super Bowl one of these days, he's one of the, he's one of the talents that that is uh, really graced the the, uh, the NFL this past, or these past couple of years. Um, so speaking of the Seahawks, the Seahawks, they <laughs> I posted on Twitter earlier today. Um, I I basically spoofed Michael Irving of saying, you know, Miami wins. You know, I said the Seahawks win. Yes, we have finally ended a losing streak to the Los Angeles Rams at their home stadium. I think it has been, I want to say, about four or five years. Can you believe that? Four or five goddamn years since we have beat the Los Angeles Rams at their home stadium. And you know what? I'm going to say this. The Seahawks played their asses off today. They got it done. They got it done today. The defense did a fantastic job. Now, in the last drive, I'm going to say this. The Seahawks uh, the Seahawks kind of uh, worried me a little bit. 
The Seahawks really did worry me a little bit in that last drive against the Rams. And Jared Goff, here's the thing. Jared Goff, he went off on the Seahawks. He went 22 for 47, 288 yards. But he did throw two interceptions. I will say this. If I had to give game balls to anybody, I'm giving it to Earl Thomas. I'm giving it to Sheldon Richardson. And I'm giving it to Frank Clark. Those three guys balled the F out. They, those dudes were effing ballers today. Unbelievable defensive performance from all three of those guys. If it wasn't for Earl Thomas, Sheldon Richardson, or Frank Clark, the Seahawks don't win this game. Earl Thomas make it, making that Hassan Chop type of action to prevent Todd Gurley from getting that touchdown in the first quarter. Seahawks don't win this game. Not whatsoever did the Seahawks win this game without Earl Thomas, Frank Clark, or Shelton Richardson. But again, I have to say this live again. I love the fact that Earl Thomas went, Hassan Chop on Todd Gurley. I have to say that because it was it just flashed me back to the last time he did that. He did it against the he did it against the Lions. We beat the Lions to do that. And it was incredible. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, it's just, you know, it's out of bounds. They're going to score on the next drive. The Rams are going to score on the next drive. I had that negative mentality going into this game and saying that the Rams were going to beat us. But you know what? I'm so happy that the Seahawks shut me up and just played Seahawks football. The Seahawks are now three and two. They are now number one. They are tied for the first place in the NFC West. I know it's just five games in, but guess what? We have to get excited about this. Also, uh, just a heads up for all those people watching the Kansas City uh, Houston game: twenty-three to thirteen, Kansas City in the fourth quarter. So Kansas City is going to be possibly the 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 last and only team to be undefeated. Jacksonville today. Guys, let's let's look at it this way. Jacksonville's defense is better than ours. I'm not kidding. Jacksonville's defense is better than the Seahawks. And when the Seahawks play Jacksonville, we got to deal with that defense. We have to deal with that defense, and it's going to be so difficult. It is going to be so friggin' difficult. To deal with that damn defense. I mean, I, I know you guys don't want to admit it, but it's it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult for us to play that Jacksonville defense. You know. So let's go over to the Seahawks Rams game. Russell Wilson, twenty four for thirty seven, hundred ninety eight yards, five point four average per catch. One touchdown, one interception. He took three sacks. His quarterback rating was 76.2. Not too good. Uh, the rushing game, we're not going to talk about that because we had a terrible running game. Terrible running game. Um, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy! I want to say that. Jimmy! One more time. Because Jimmy finally, finally caught a touchdown in the red zone. Um Doug Baldwin caught four touchdowns for 37 yards. Uh, J.D. McKissick, I'm still excited for J.D. McKissick. Three three catches for 36 yards, great job. Paul Richardson, three catches for 35 yards, great job. I'm excited. I really am excited for these wide receivers at, you know, for these wide receivers and for J.D. McKissick, but it, it cannot happen. For for Russell Wilson to make those throws, for Russell Wilson to complete those passes, it does not happen without the offensive line blocking for him, you know? It doesn't happen. And the fact that um, Russell Wilson had blockers today, the fact that Russell Wilson was able to complete the important passes, again, I say the important passes, for this game was impressive. Um, 
the first quarter did not seem like it was going to be the Seahawks game. It looked like it was going to be Rams game. But, the you know, the Seahawks defense just came alive. The Seahawks defense just shut down Jared Goff. They shut down the running game. They shut down the Rams. They shut up the Rams fans. And that was one of the best things about this day was, again, the fact that that we were able to shut down the Rams offense, that, that, that top running offense in the league, the top one of the top offenses in the league as well. And again, it, it, it was just it was just very, very again, here's the thing. It's always stressful to watch Seahawks games. It's always stressful to watch those games. But it's even more stressful when it's when it's just a defensive game. When it's a defensive game, it's very stressful to watch. But when it is a defensive game won by the Seahawks, it's not as stressful. I'm going to say that. It's not as stressful. It really isn't. And you know what? I, you know what? Hey, let's take it let's take it from this. The Seahawks are 3 and 2. The Rams are 3 and 2. So we got a tie in the NFC West. That's cool with me. That is perfectly cool with me. And it, you know what, it's just, uh, oh, man, it's just, uh, it's a great feeling. It's a really great feeling to be 3-2. and two. Um, And it's, it's just, it's, it's an awesome feeling to get a win like this. So, you know, I think you know, I think the Sea what, the Seahawks have a bye week next week? Let me see. I'm just humming. I'm just humming like that so that way I can get through the uh so let's see. The Seahawks have Yep, they have a bye week and then they face the Giants the following week. On CBS. Now, here's the thing. The next four opponents are the Giants, the Texans, the Redskins, and the Cardinals. So three out of four you have to take. No doubt. You have to win three out of four games. Because for one thing, the Giants stink. The Giants flat out stink. And they have just lost Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of the season. Which we do send our prayer. We here at Seattle Sports Talk Podcast, we do send our thoughts and prayers uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. We hope he's uh, going to be okay, and we hope for a very speedy recovery. Also, um, I forgot to mention this earlier on in the show. We want to send our thoughts and our prayers to the victims and to the injured of the Vegas massacre. Uh, what happened just last Sunday was. Uh, a disgusting, just flat out disgusting, and you know it saddens us. It saddens me. It, I mean, that night I I was crying. I was in front of the television. I was looking at what was happening, and I was and I was I I I was in tears. I was I was in I was in tears because of the fact that you know this has happened in our country and the fact that we were whoops we uh you know our country had to go through this so i do want to send my thoughts and my prayers to the victims of the shooting and the injured and i hope that everyone who was injured in that shooting uh makes a very speedy makes a very healthy and speedy recovery uh moving on to uh, the University of Huskies, the University of Huskies, the number six or number five ranked Huskies, now thirty-eight to seven victory. What a game it was! We wore, we were purpled out. It rained, purple rain that game, and it was incredible because of the fact of 
Not only did uh, Miles Gaskin run for two touchdowns, but Hunter Bryant just balled out. Nine catches for 121 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Dante Pettis, he kind of uh, – I'll say this. Dante Pettis had a very mediocre game. He had 10 catches for 48 yards. Um, and no – not even one – he had one fumble in the game, and he lost one fumble. And if it wasn't for that, we would have we would have shut out uh, we would have shut out California. But Dante Pettis came very close to getting that ninth return for a touchdown. He had a 22 yard carry that I really thought that he was going to take. So um, not really much to discuss about the Huskies. Not a lot to discuss about the Huskies, unfortunately. But we're going to be talking about a lot more about the Huskies this upcoming pass. This upcoming week since the fact that we have all we have is Husky football to talk about this upcoming Sunday. We have no Mariners to talk about. We have nothing to talk about. All we have is the Huskies. And the University of Washington is going to be squaring off. Actually, here's the thing. I want to talk about this. Why did ESPN feature cupcakes in their skit? earlier in the broadcast for the Huskies. First of all, I think I, I'm, I'm a little upset at that. And it says that uh, that the cupcake thing infuriated Husky fans. You know what? I'm infuriated. I'm a little pissed off about it. You know why? Because guess what? If if you want us to face tougher opponents, our, our, you know, our guy that needs to schedule it, he needs to schedule tougher opponents. Stop giving us – I agree with him. Stop giving us softies. Stop giving us. Stop giving us such soft opponents. That's the thing. Stop giving us such soft opponents when it comes to uh, non-conference play. I know next year we are going to be playing. I think Auburn to begin the season. So that's a good step up. I know. Uh, you know, we here's the thing. We a lot of us fans are say, "Oh, let's get. We want Bama. We want Bama. We're not ready for Bama. I don't think we're ready for Alabama yet, but we're getting close." All right. So I'll say this: We are almost ready for Bama. We are the number fifth ranked team in the country, and guess what? We're going to keep winning. The Huskies are going to keep winning, and they are going to keep. Keep getting that perfect record. They're going to get that perfect record. We, Our only blemish last year was to USC. We're going to get that back this year. We're going to beat USC, and we're going to beat Wazoo. I guarantee it. We're going to beat Wazoo, and we're going to beat USC. And I cannot wait for it. So, I am going to talk to you guys next week at the same time at 7 o'clock in the evening. So this is Mike bidding you farewell and saying go Hawks and go Huskies.